Performance time, come on and grab your friends, we're going to find a memory leak. I've got no friends, but virtual users, soap tests never end, it's performance time. Hello and welcome back to Performance Time. I'm Stephen Townsend and this is the show about human beings and performance engineering. The audio you're about to hear was recorded two weeks ago meaning that the events that I'm discussing transpired about a month ago. Just needed to point that out before we get underway. So, here we go. Welcome to Performance Time. I'm Stephen Townsend, and I am not sure if I will release this episode or not. So, let's see how we go. A bit of a warning, today I'm not talking about performance testing or engineering. Uh, Episodes two and three, I talked about stress and anxiety in performance engineering. And today I am going to share my experience in the last two weeks. I'm honestly not sure why I'm sharing this. I guess I could say maybe if there is someone out there who goes through something similar or is going through something similar, or does go through something similar in the future, uh, it might be of a help to know that someone else has gone through the same thing. So two weeks ago, something changes at work. I'm I'm not going to go into the details, and it, it doesn't actually affect my role, really, in any way. But there are some opportunities that came about, and... The opportunity that I consciously and subconsciously was looking for didn't arise. And I was consciously disappointed, but it didn't seem to affect me greatly. This all is announced and happens on a Friday, and I go into the weekend, and it's a pretty normal weekend. In fact, it's a three-day weekend, so Monday was a public holiday in New Zealand. Now, that Monday night... It's pretty hard to get to sleep. I think I fall asleep about midnight. And I wake up at four in the morning. And I can't go back to sleep. Now this is unusual for me. I don't suffer from insomnia. I sleep pretty well. And it's not like I'm thinking consciously about work the whole time. Or that it's obvious that there's a problem yet at this point. But there's a kind of buzzing sensation in my head I've got songs stuck in my head that play on repeat over and over and over again and my body feels like it's um, agitated my heart sort of beating harder than it should and I managed to get through the night and wake up the next day but I've only had three four probably four hours sleep maybe five at the most, and I'm too tired to work. So I've got sick leave saved up. I I take a sick day. I just stay at home. I think I play some video games. Might have even recorded a podcast episode that day. And then I get to, it's now Tuesday night, and I go to bed, and the feeling has intensified. And this time, it's three in the morning before I get to sleep. So I wake up at six and I've had three hours sleep. And once again, uh, I'm unable to sleep. I'm absolutely shattered. (laughs) 
I wake up at six in the morning and make my kids lunches and I'm in a daze and then I just go straight back to bed, put a pillow over my head, over my eyes to block out the light and try and go back to sleep. And I think I do sleep for a couple of hours that morning while my kids are at school. It's like my body has forgotten how to sleep though. I lie there and I'm doing everything I can to control my mind, to focus on some imagery, to control my breathing, to get myself in the most physically relaxed relaxed place possible. But none of that works because my heart is still pounding. My head is still buzzing. There are songs on repeat continually. And I keep thinking about things. And a lot of it is about work. So after my morning sleep on the Wednesday, I do an eight kilometer run slash walk and burn a lot of energy and I spend the whole day relaxing. I avoid coffee. I avoid screens. I have a shower before bed uh, to try and help myself sleep. And that works. Um, In retrospect, I think I was just so exhausted that I was able to sleep at that point. And I have a decent night's sleep, probably six and a half to, to seven hours. And I go to work on the Thursday and I do work as usual, although I am quite distracted and unable to focus on much. And I'm just spending that time catching up on what I've missed. Now, I I bet you can't guess what happened on Thursday night. I'm awake again at three in the morning. So I'm unable to sleep. Once again, I get three hours sleep, wake up in the morning, I call work off. I call my boss and I talk to him and say, look, I'm suffering from insomnia. Um, I don't still really know what's going on at this point. So I say, I just need a good night's sleep and I'll, I'll be back in action next week. I hit rock bottom on Friday night. So the previous night I'd had three hours sleep. I was absolutely exhausted, just shattered. And I have a bath before bed on a Friday And I go to bed at, I think, 9.30 because I'm so tired. And I just can't sleep. I think it was 11.30 at night. My wife and kids were all asleep. And I go into the living room. And I just cry for half an hour or more by myself. Not because I'm sad, just because I'm broken. I just want to sleep so badly and I'm so worked up about not being able to sleep. It's no longer about work or anything else. It's just about being able to sleep or my inability to to do that. So in New Zealand, we have this thing called Healthline and you can call up and talk to a nurse about anything you're concerned about. And so I call Healthline because I don't know what else to do. And I explain the situation and I'm crying on the phone (laughs) with this nurse and um, going through the situation. And she says, look, if you're really stressed about this, you can go to an after-hours doctor. They'll probably give you a sleeping pill. But she says, you know what? You're in a rhythm now of not sleeping. You, You really need to see a doctor. But she said, for tonight, just tell yourself, you know what? It doesn't matter whether I sleep or not. She suggested getting a book, actually a boring book, and trying to read it for as long as humanly possible until I can't keep my eyes open anymore and then see what happens. And I did that, and I fell asleep at one thirty. 
So it, it kind of worked and I got some sleep, I guess five, five hours sleep, I guess five or six hours sleep. It was pretty good. I function pretty normally on the Saturday. I even go out at night with my wife and we have a dinner with some um, some other people. I drink quite a lot and I, funnily enough, sleep okay because I'm quite drunk <laughs> when I get home. But then Sunday night rolls along and once again I can't, I'm still awake at three in the morning and it's becoming a pattern. Luckily, I booked a doctor's appointment on the Friday. Um, I, I called up on the Friday and I had an appointment on Monday afternoon. So I take another day off work. I go to the doctor. I explain the situation and it becomes clear to me for the first time really what's going on that I'm suffering from anxiety. And I guess I've had anxiety before when you, in the general sense I'm anxious about something. But I'm talking about continual, relentless anxiety, which is completely disrupting my life. And I get some sleeping pills, a short-term solution, and talk about my plans to change things at work and change things in my life and to go and see a counsellor and how I'm going to get things back on track. And he's pretty happy with, with that approach. He asked me to take another couple of days off work as well so I can give myself time to just sleep and not have to worry about waking up in the morning. And I do. And those two days are pretty good and I start to calm down. On the Wednesday night before I go back to work on the Thursday, even with the sleeping pill, it takes me till midnight to get to sleep. But I do get enough to go to work. A couple of key things since then, I guess key moments which have helped me. Um, one is that I talked to my boss. I was completely honest about what was going on and started to process the things at work which were causing anxiety. And to, to be clear, the problem isn't work. <laughs> the problem is me and how I invest in situations and how I respond to things. Okay, so that was the recording from two weeks ago. So it's now been a month for me since all of this began. And what I realized over that time is that anxiety is something that I've lived with for quite a while, but it's never completely taken over my life until now. The other thing that I've learned over this time is that this kind of anxiety is not something that there's a quick fix for. There are patterns built up in my mind over years, decades, which I need to unpack and build new pathways for. There's a couple of ways that I've been trying to tackle that. The first one is I'm now doing, based on the advice of a friend, a weekly reflection journal. So what that is, is I pick a moment during each week which caused me anxiety or distress. And I break that situation, that event down completely into exactly what happened. I think of the different people involved and their different perspectives. And then I problem solve around how could I have got a better outcome for myself and for others. I think this is a really good way for anyone who is a structured thinker to go about improving themselves and uh, focusing and improving their mind. 
Another avenue that I've been going down is looking into mindfulness and meditation, which I have a huge amount of resistance to. It's not, it's not something that I'm drawn to. Um, it just doesn't feel very scientific to me uh, when I think about it, but I'm giving it a go. Uh, I think there must be something to it, otherwise so many people wouldn't do it. And uh, the, I'm using an app on my phone, which is called Waking Up by Sam Harris. And wow, the philosophical talks uh, are way above my head, but I'm going through the practice and we'll see how I go with that one. I guess my biggest advice would be if you find yourself in a situation where anxiety is preventing you from working and from living your life, being with your family, then go and see a doctor. It made such a difference the moment I got some sleeping pills, I could get some sleep and get back into a normal rhythm. I actually wish that I'd sought help sooner, but I didn't really know what was happening to me. But hopefully, if you've listened to this, then you'll know the signs and know that something is going on. Uh, the other thing is, that I'm glad that I did is I spoke to my employer about what was going on. And I was pretty clear in my mind about something I wanted to happen, which is I wanted the scope of the work that I was responsible for to be reduced for a while. And I asked for that and that's what's happened. And honestly, I need that right now. If I had tried to continue doing as much as I was before, things would probably turn out pretty bad. I've got almost 30 years left in my working life. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I read a fascinating article about how important slack is in the workplace. Slack being time that each person is not allocated to anything. This time is incredibly important. If you don't have enough slack, then you have no capacity to respond to the unexpected. If you don't have enough slack, then you don't have the mental space to look around you to understand what you're doing, what your team is doing, what's happening in the organization, and how things could be improved. So it's important that you value your slack time at work and protect it, because organizations these days tend to focus completely on efficiency and making sure every minute that you're at work that you're trying to achieve some kind of deliverable. But that ultimately is not effective. It's efficient in terms of you're doing stuff towards a thing all the time, but you're not actually effectively driving your organization to better outcomes. The last thing I found really helpful was I sat down for an entire morning and wrote down every responsibility or initiative or piece of work that I was currently involved in or was signed up to do in the future. One of my colleagues then helped me break that down into different categories, such as was this thing that I was responsible for a one-off task or was it an ongoing job that I needed to always keep an eye on? Was it the kind of work that you needed to be a senior technical expert to advise and provide guidance on? Or was it a hands-on engineering job? Or was it another kind of work which you don't need a performance engineer for? Maybe it's a coordination or administration type of job. This was extremely helpful for me 
because it helped me understand that there were things that I was doing which somebody else could just as easily do. And also it helped me understand what is the work that I was doing which was really important to the organization and which work was not so important and maybe I could deprioritize. That's all from this episode of Performance Time. I know it's been a a wild ride (laughs) and not my usual kind of episode, but I thought it was important that I covered this and shared this experience because it's been such a big part of my life. And to be really clear, this is going to be something that I have to work on for years to come. But to me, that's not a daunting prospect. I'm excited about how I can improve, how much more I can enjoy and relax in my work and find ease and probably achieve a lot more. And the last thing, if you are suffering from anxiety to the point that it is impacting your life significantly, please talk to somebody about it. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at the handle at PerfTestNZ. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time on Performance Time.